This is The Good Part, a podcast where we can have some girl time and talk about how to have confidence and influence as women of all ages in our lives, homes, and relationships. It's not always easy and we can feel unqualified, but Jesus just calls us to choose the good part, which is sitting at his feet and learning his ways. I'm Megan. And I'm Steph. And today we're talking about work and worship from the book, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World. Also joining us today are very, very special guests, Avin Gossin and Pastor Jessica Hogan. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks Hello. for having me. Woohoo! So we were just talking. Uh, Avin's actually our first non-LC staff like pastor on the show. Correct. Yeah, so yeah. this is exciting. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know you, would you mind introducing yourself? Yes. Uh, my name is Aubin. My husband's name is Nate. He's also been on a podcast here. Yes, yes. Um, we are not born and raised in Green Bay, but we've been living here for like four and a half years. Uh, we both own businesses and we've been attending Life Church for like three and a half years. So, so cool. Yeah. And you guys awesome. are involved in like every little... Yes. Area, it feels like. Yeah, we do Catalyst. Yep. So middle school and high schoolers. And uh, we serve on Sundays too on the creative team. So so cool. Love it. What about you, Miss Pastor Jessica? You guys, this is the question I'm most nervous about. It's like you get asked to tell <laughs> tell a little about yourself. I'm like, I forgot everything. Um, my name is Jessica. I um, am the kids and youth pastor here. So anybody six weeks through 12th grade, I get to love on and it's the best. You're the true pastor of fun. Mm-hmm. Like I know oh. that, that, like that gets said about Pastor Dallas, but like now it's you. Mm-hmm. It you is know? me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever I want, something that's I a go mantle. To Jessica. That's a, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Whoa! So try not to be burdened down by that during this podcast. Um, uh, but like I said, today we're talking about work and worship, and uh, we're still going to be kind of continuing the story of Mary and Martha. And the scripture we're talking about today is the one where Mary comes and she anoints Jesus's feet with this really expensive perfume. It's called nard, which is uh, sort of a weird word, but this fragrance was so expensive that it literally would have cost someone a year's worth of wages. So think about that <laughs> in term, whatever your salary is right now for an entire year. She just took this, this uh, oil, precious oil, and she just dumped it all over the feet of Jesus. She takes her hair down and she uses her hair to wipe it off of his feet. And Judas, who's standing there, uh, who was just about to betray Jesus, he says, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to whatever was put in it. And Jesus said, in defense of Mary, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. So we're gonna talk about that a little bit today, just about Mary's extravagant love, uh, but also kind of tying it back to Martha, how uh, even in this scripture, just a couple verses before, she's serving. So Martha's still there. Jesus had already uh, taught her, Martha, Martha, you're worried about too many Mm -hmm. things. But here she is. We see her again. She's serving again. So it wasn't the serving that was the bad part, right? It was her posture in her heart. So how was she teachable? So we're going to talk about uh, those things today, starting off with that teachability um, and how that kind of ties into the scripture. Here at Life Church, we talk about being teachable a lot, don't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some things you guys have learned about 
being teachable, um, in the context of serving or in the context of being a good employee or boss? Um, Something I've learned recently is to remain teachable, like to anybody, like, like you can learn something from anybody that you come in contact with. That's good. That's so good. I feel like sometimes we accidentally unqualify people if they're younger than us or if they're in a different stage of life or if we know too much about their past that we feel like, oh, can't can't pick up any knowledge from them. But it's so untrue. I love that point. Yeah, I think teachability, what it boils down to for me is humility. Like it really just starts with humility and being humble. And that's when I've been the most teachable and my heart's been in that posture to actually learn something and accept something from someone else is when... I'm humbled, whether that's by God or by someone else. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. It's, uh, I heard this once, whenever you say, I know, you've stopped listening and well, you're no longer being teachable. So if you catch yourself in a conversation, I know, I know, yeah, I know. You know, it's like a teenager mm-hmm. thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I catch myself doing that where I'm like, I know all of this. Mm-hmm. You're not teaching me anything. Well, of course not, because you think that you already know. Yeah. yeah. So, and that is where that humility piece comes in. Uh, In the book, Joanna Weaver, I forgot her name for a second, Joanna Weaver, she lists out out three different things about being teachable. First, uh, that we're being willing to listen. So like we were just saying. Second, that we're acting on what we hear. And then third, that we respond to that discipline. Um, So that's the the listening part. Honestly, out of that list (laughs) for me Mm -hmm. is sometimes the hardest part. Mm, Definitely. Because that requires that that critic and that voice to get Mm -hmm. real quiet. Yeah, I think for me, it's the responding to discipline. So that's why in our first episode, we talked about the rebuke from Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my flesh would be like, what? What are you (laughs) talking about? I'm great. Be my charcuterie board, Jesus. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, Yeah, so (laughs) I feel like um, responding to the discipline appropriately Mm. and um, having some action to move through that is probably the hardest part for me. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think the second one, acting on what we hear is hardest for me because I feel like being a female leader, like I feel like I have to know everything and like I'm here to teach you. So like it's like admitting to people that they know things that you don't mm-hmm. and not getting like defensive in that. Yes. Yeah, Megan, I would agree with you. I think listening is hands down the hardest for me. It's just like you have to sit there and you have to rest and you have to wait. And like right. there's so many times where I'm just not okay with waiting. You know, right. like I, I have an answer that I think is right, but you know, it might not be God's answer. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so just waiting on him and literally allowing him to speak to you, even if it's not in your timeline, yeah. Tough. And that we put like God on a schedule. Mm. Like I know I have it from nine to nine thirty in the morning. That's when I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Like, yeah. what do you have for I'm me? Your wisdom upon me. Here I am. Yeah. Prayer journals out. You've got the pen. Yeah. Right. Just waiting. waiting. Like, and it never It's like God, I gave you thirty minutes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. What do you want? Right. Yeah, that's true. Like this morning I had a couple minutes extra in my car and I'm sitting there praying. I was like, okay, I have five minutes to just like Mm-hmm. quiet my brain and mm-hmm. I'm like listening and waiting as if like those five minutes this is the moment where I'm going to get something right mm-hmm. and and it is that uh hmm that concept of what can I get from God mm-hmm. and what's he gonna what's he gonna tell me today yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> yes 
Hmm. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit too. Uh, but for you guys, when do you feel like God does talk to you the most? And like, how do you feel that that nudging of the Holy Spirit? Uh, what is What are some of the feelings that you have when that happens? I feel like for me, it's changed throughout different seasons in mm-hmm. my Jesus journey and just in life. So I, this is going to sound really cliche and like maybe kind of weird, but um, I feel like I hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me the most when I am in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and n- not just any nature, but I feel like in the woods, particularly um, when I can hear the wind and um, I don't know, I just feel like the most at peace in my spirit. And I feel like that's when the Holy Spirit can come and and speak to me. Um, but right now, since it's um cold and I'm not in the woods frequently. Um, I feel like in this season of my life right now, I, I, I hear it in my kids a lot mm. in the conversations that I have with them and in things that they, um, speak back to me yesterday. I had my almost two year old in the car and we were driving to the babysitter and there's a song that we've been listening to. It's ABBA. Not to be confused with the <laughs> oh, Mamma Mia. Yeah. <laughs> he can sing the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and during our fast this year, I had fasted um, that God would show Himself to me as a father. That I would get uh, a better clarity in knowing that I am His daughter. And that song has really done that for me. Um, so I just. I listened to it almost every morning and my little guy was in the back seat, and he was all of a sudden, he just heard the din, din, din of like the beginning of the song. And he's like, Abba. and I was like, Oh, oh. so I'm like, oh, just like hearing that, um, the Holy spirit I think is moving in mm-hmm. my sweet little baby already is oh, just wrecked me yesterday. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I've, um, been realizing that, um, I've been like misplacing God's voice. Like I was always one of those people that were like, where's the auditory like voice in my head? When mm-hmm. am I gonna get that? Mm-hmm. I don't hear from God. But then realizing like the thoughts that I'm having aren't coming from myself, mm-hmm. like that they're being placed in there. Wow. Or even like I had this, in my head a few weeks ago where I was holding on to a friendship that I knew I needed to let go of and I hadn't been letting go of it. And um, I felt her starting to let go. And I felt God tell me like, prepare yourself. She's going to leave. And I was just like, I, I didn't know what it was at first. I was like, well, why am I like, like, is this just a negative thought that I'm having? Am I like, you know, is this the enemy telling me it? But mm. then praying on it and realizing that it was God saying, prepare yourself. So just becoming more in tune of what his voice sounds like. So I good. love that. Really yeah. I mean, you're putting the word to the test, right? The word that you're hearing, put it to the test and see see what it is. Is it fake? Is it full of accusation, condemnation? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it full of lies? Is it gossip? Those are things where it's like, okay, Nope, that definitely was not from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, gonna check myself here, and then mm-hmm. and then pray and say, God, okay, so I'm hearing this thing or this like voice is in my head, and I don't want it there. Can can you replace this with mm-hmm. your voice, and then wait mm-hmm. to see how your thoughts change? Yeah, that's really good. I love that. What about you, Aubin? Yeah, that's really good. Um, <clears throat> I would say that I feel the Holy Spirit when I am desperate to be close to God. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times it comes out of my desperation. And what I started doing recently, this is how I've just felt really connected to the Holy Spirit is I'll get to my office early. Like I'll get there like 
an hour and a half or two hours before I actually need to start working and no one is there. And I will literally just like pray out loud Mm. and just like walk and pace back and forth. Um, and if I wake up with anxiety that day, or if I'm struggling with something, literally every single time I've done that, it's been lifted off of me. And I just feel this overwhelming peace, uh, from the Holy spirit. And so like, and for me, it, it took me switching up my schedule. Cause I used to write out my prayers. I used to like have this, like, okay, check in the box. I read a chapter in the Bible. I journaled and mm-hmm. I prayed yeah. and, and I just wasn't like feeling close to wow. God. Mm-hmm. And, and so I switched it up. I was like, I need to get desperate to feel the Holy spirit, you know? And so just getting my mindset in that place of, of just really like, I I'm going to do whatever it takes to feel desperate, whether that's waking up an hour earlier or whatever it is. So that's what I've been doing recently. That's um, good. Yeah. I love that you, you say that because I think when you're in that place of desperateness, uh, you're willing to do the crazy thing. Like King David was willing to do the crazy thing of dancing in the street, right? While mm-hmm. Michal, uh, Solomon's, or no, sorry, Saul's daughter is up there judging him for being crazy and desperate, mm-hmm. right? And it is when we put those selves, ourselves in that place that then we start to kind of see this is extravagant love mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about here in a minute that Mary portrayed. Mm-hmm. So are you desperate for Jesus? Are you desperate to be close to the Holy Spirit? Are you desperate to hear his voice? And the answer is probably yes, because we all, we want that guidance and we want that reassurance, right? Of like, tell me what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So and then, being willing to look crazy. Uh, there you go. Yeah. I had this moment a few weeks ago in church. Um, you know, I stand in the back as a prayer partner and this lady, like during the time of prayer, she kept turning around and looking at me. And I felt God say like, go and ask her if you can pray for her. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not gonna do it. And he just kept saying like, like, go do it. And so I just went up to this lady, I don't know. And I said, can I pray for you? And she said, no, thanks. And I turned around and I walked back and I was just like, why did you make me do that? And God said, because I had to make sure you would. Wow. Oh. And like being willing to step out mm-hmm. and look dumb. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's a huge lesson. Mm-hmm. So you did listen and you obeyed. Mm-hmm. Listen and obey. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, we had Rabbi Matt here at Life Church in Green Bay. And we love when Rabbi Matt comes because he drops some amazing Jewish wisdom on us every time. And he talked about the Shema, which means literally to to listen and obey, like pay attention to what I'm saying. Will you do it? Uh, when's the last time you guys kind of felt that or or have you felt that recently of, hey, are you going to do this thing that I'm asking you to do? Oh, okay. So She's I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to bring this up, but you know, Jessica, <laughs> I, can, I, I think I know what you. you're talking about. Oh, yeah. No. So I um, literally God put on my heart to reach out to somebody that I had not talked to in a very long time mm-hmm. and just apologize out of the blue uh, but felt the strongest conviction from the Holy Spirit. Like you need to do this. And I battled with it. I tried to get Jessica to talk me out of it. <laughs> I literally did everything I could, but like when, you know, it's something that like when I hear God's voice and I know it's God mm-hmm. at that point, I can't not obey, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I did. And I'm like, I was going through it with Jessica. I'm like, I'm going to look stupid. I haven't talked to them in forever, but I did it. And in- instantly, like instantly peace, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, that's a super recent example. But do you remember what happened before that? 
So we were at, we serve in Catalyst together and we have this worship time and Aubin and I were standing next to each other worshiping. And I felt like God telling me, go and pray with Aubin. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And like, I felt guilty about it the rest of the night. And I went home and I texted Aubin and I said, God told me I should have prayed with you tonight, but I didn't and I'm sorry. Do you remember and, what I said? Yeah, you can tell it. And then I said, God told me to ask you for prayer. And I didn't either. (laughs) (laughs) We were standing next to each other worshiping. And literally God told me, you like, I kept looking at Jessica and then I would like go back to worshiping. Yeah. And it was like one would... of those moments where we're like both looking yes. at each other and worshiping and not doing yeah. anything. Yeah. But literally, yeah, it was, it was really, it was interesting. Um, I, but I wasn't going to bring it up. And then she texted me and I was like, yeah, he literally told me the same thing. So mm. that is good thing. We both heard so from God yeah. though. <laughs> and I love again, we're coming back to our teachability mm-hmm. that you repented. Mm-hmm. You were like, hey, I did this this thing and I'm sorry about it. And um, that is, we, rep- we have to repent over and over again. Yes, when it's awkward. Yes, when it involves real people, not just in your head. Like mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. have to say, I'm sorry. And you do have to mean it mm-hmm. yeah. um, and let that change you because that teachability, it's not for your breaking. It is for your making. Mm-hmm. There is a point in all of the the testing and the the asking and the will, will she listen and will she obey? It's not just to see if you're like God's puppet. That's not it at all. <laughs> He's trying to lead you into something either... Uh, an experience that you could have had or, or a moment you, you never know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something else I've also realized is it's not always about us. Mm -hmm. So in those moments when God's asking you, Mm -hmm. maybe you needed prayer for her and you needed to pray with her and it was, you know, it's, it can go both ways. So it's not always just like for us. Mm -hmm. So now the kind of, the question becomes, okay, so we've, we've gone through a lot of this stuff in this, this teachability, right? So let's talk about, extravagant love, what, what Mary had, what Mary displayed, how she just literally, she couldn't even help herself, but like come and fall at the feet of Jesus, which in this time was pretty like shocking. And maybe even it is now to think Mm -hmm. about like her Mm -hmm. just coming in, like the guys are hanging out and (laughs) she comes in and is like, I'm going to take this most expensive thing that I have, the most precious thing that I could possibly have. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which when you read the scripture, it sounds like that her parents would have died. So no one was there to arrange her marriage. So this would have been her dowry. It, Pastor Becky said a couple weeks ago, even I think during like a prayer talk or something, it was all of her hopes and dreams were in Mm -hmm. this box. And she went ahead and just broke it open and spilled it all over the feet of Jesus because he was now all of her hopes and dreams. It wasn't this box anymore, right? Like she found something better. So I'd love to just talk about that um, for a little bit. Like, what do you guys first think of when you read this story? Like, what are your first thoughts? Um, right when I read that story, the verse that popped into my head is Matthew 6, 3. It says, uh, when you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So like basically just give without thinking about it, give without expecting anything in return. Um, and that's exactly what Mary did. You know, she gave everything she had and didn't expect Jesus to do a single thing for her. She just wanted to sit in his presence. Um, and I think that that is, 
is extravagant as it gets, right? Like love without anything in return, give without anything in return, surrender everything. And typically when we do that, it blesses us more than it blesses the other person. Mm-hmm. I love that. I um, was listening to a podcast recently and uh, she was talking about this concept of, um, are we in love with Jesus or are we infatuated with Jesus? And that the difference between um, infatuation and love, infatuation being that you just um, are intrigued with something or someone because of what you can get out of that relationship or get mm-hmm. out of that person. So are we going to Jesus and yeah, we, he's pretty great. And we're like, oh, God, give me, can you give me this? And can you do this we're for like, me? And I love We, we love you, all the right? things that you've, yeah. you've done yeah. and all of that. Or are we loving him no matter what? Are we loving him without any expectation that he is going to give wow. something mm-hmm. in return? Yeah. I know starting my Jesus journey later, like I was 26, I was definitely infatuated mm-hmm. at the beginning. Like, because you're still in the like it's all good yeah. and it's all fresh and it's all new. And it was, yeah, I think it can be easy to get into the infatuation part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we start asking God, how can you help? What can you do for me? Right? Like mm-hmm. I've been following you and and now what can you do? What can you give back to me? I was telling these girls um, before we started the show, I watched The Chosen last night and I promise I won't spoil anything, but it was the finale of season three. And one of the disciples is wrestling with this literally and said, God, I have given up everything for you. I have been perfect for you. I have followed you and loved you when no one else believes you. When people are, you know, rejecting you, I'm here for you. And yet bad stuff is happening to me. Like, why? Why is that? It's not, it's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. And one of the other disciples says to uh, the guy who's got the problem, again, I'm trying not to spoil anything very big. He's like, um, he's like, yeah, but if you weren't following Jesus, this stuff would still happen to you. You mm-hmm. just wouldn't have anyone to turn to. Right. So <laughs> you're still going to go through hard stuff, whether or not you follow Jesus. Right. So how do you like check that if you're infatuated or if it's true love? How do you test that? What is true love? What is true love? <laughs> We're all looking at each other like, quick, what is it? get the dictionary. <laughs> I feel like to me, it uh, really gave a new spin on like love is patient. Love mm-hmm. is kind. Mm-hmm. Like those those things that we should have instead of like, yeah, I love following Jesus. It's great. Church makes me feel so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that scripture in First Corinthians, the the love verse. It's like the cliche wedding. Ah, I'm, I, I'm mm-hmm. almost mad that it's like ruined by that, you know, Me too. because yeah. when you read it in its context, it's like, get your heart right, get your love for Jesus right. And then all of these other things will be given to you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, man, that's great scripture. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. The other scripture that came to mind when you were talking about that is in James, the what is it? Count all joy. Mm-hmm. How does that finish? That's all I know. Uh, trials and tribulations. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it, it, those things are going to happen to you. Trials are going to happen to you. Yes. So what are you, what are you returning to when those things happen? Is it infatuation that's futile or is it love that will last? Yes. Yeah. And you can always tell too, like when someone is going through it and they just cling onto Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Versus if someone hits a rough patch and they flee to 
the opposite. Right. So like, I think it's pretty obvious. It's like, what's the fruit, you know, that, that your life shows when, you know, you hit hard times. Yeah. I think you're hitting it on the head and that's what we're seeing in this scripture where Judas, um, his first reaction is like, what are you doing? That's not serving us. We could have given that to the poor. And Mm. in his head, he's thinking like, I could have taken some of this money. I could have kept some of it, which, uh, in the book, having a Mary Hart and Martha world. She goes on to explain like Judas probably justified it. It's not like he was just completely like evil, right? Mm -hmm. He was like, well, I'm doing all of this work for them kind of for free. So like, I'm kind of just paying myself. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. like I'm just going to take what I need because like I'm doing all this stuff and they get no respect around here. Right. So it wasn't just like, I'm going (laughs) to evilly steal money. Right. I don't think so. And we do that as people too. Mm -hmm. We justify our way out of all kinds of stuff uh, because we'd rather not really do the hard thing, which is have perfect love because it sounds so simple. And yet look, we're, we still all, I know (laughs) struggle with that because there's a lot that comes uh, with the word love. There's a lot that like trails behind that word that it entails. We have to be willing to surrender, Mm -hmm. uh, give up our control, give up our desires, our will, right? Uh, And, and those things are, are really difficult. So we see that right here with Judas. Um, So how do you think that we have an extravagantly loving heart? Hmm extravagantly loving heart. When's the last time you thought about, am I extravagant in my love for Jesus? What does extravagant love look like? It gives everything. It comes with abandon. There's nothing held back. Mm -hmm. Abandon. I like that word. Is that a song? Reckless Abandon? I don't know. That's Reckless Love. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. That's it. (laughs) Pull up the lyrics. Let's read that one. (laughs) And abandon, I think like, okay, we think like like you're abandoning someone. Like, what does that even mean? Is that the same word? Abandon? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm reading this book. It's called Gospel Treason. Have you guys read it? Mm -hmm. No. Oh my gosh. You have to read it. It's about idols. Um, and the way that they describe idols is anything that here, I'm going to read it. Anything that captures your emotions, feelings, or attention above God. And that's what I think of with extravagant love, right? You, you can't have any idols in the way there can literally be nothing between you and God or else he's not your number one. Mm -hmm. You're not loving him extravagantly. Um, and that's what Judas, like when I read that story, Judas had money as an idol in his life. That's why he defended it. He didn't defend Mm -hmm. Jesus. He didn't defend Mary. He defended money. And then with his legalistic attitude said, well, I was going to give it to the poor, you know? Right. And that's exactly what we do with idols. Um, One of the questions in the book, it says, what, what do you defend? Hmm. Like, think about that. When you get mad, what do you defend? Judas defended money. Wow. That kind of just blew my mind a little bit. It's a really good book. That's really great. What was the book called again? It's called Gospel Treason. Gospel Treason. What do you defend? Mm -hmm. You get angry. Where do you go immediately in your head? And Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times it's ourself, right? And like things that we're we're holding. Like, don't don't say that about me. I had to take that from my blah, 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 my Mm -hmm. whole life. Mm -hmm. Right? So I just looked up the definition of abandon. I'm a definition person. Um, So it says, 
um, beside like my natural definition for abandon is to like leave somebody behind or completely give up. But it also means a lack of inhibition or restraint. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I don't often go to Jesus with like a lack of inhibition and restraint. Like, do you ever sit down to prayer journal and you're like, dear God, (laughs) you just like write your little letter to him. But how often do you really go with no restraint? Mm -hmm. Yeah. With no expectation. Mm -hmm. Just wanting to, uh, Alex Seeley said it in a message I just listened to. She said that you are looking to bless Jesus. Mm -hmm. I heard that. I don't, I like got goosebumps. I was like, bless Jesus, but he blesses me. (laughs) I just listened to a really similar sermon by Francis Chan. And he talks about how we should be ministering to God. I was like, that's a, that's a really crazy (laughs) thought. Talk about feeling unqualified. Right. (laughs) Right? But it's the same thing. Yes. That's so crazy. Yeah. Wow. I had honestly really never like thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, like you want to be, you want to be the good daughter. And you want the favor and like the pat on the head. But what if my words would actually bless him? Mm-hmm. And think about it. Just like when Jesus was walking on the earth, people had the choice to bless him or to curse him. Mm-hmm. We have the same opportunity in every action and every thought. And now that we have the Holy Spirit just right there with us, it's even more Mm-hmm. like personal mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. than when Jesus was literally on the earth and they had the choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible talks about so many times how like people have moved God's heart. Like that's a crazy mm-hmm. yeah. thought to me. Like, you know, when Moses or mm-hmm. whoever repents and God's heart is moved, you know, mm-hmm. he was planning on giving his wrath to the Israelites, but God's heart is moved. And like, I can just, when you were talking about that, I was like, yeah, God's heart is moved when we minister to him, when we bless him. Like, it's a crazy thought, but like, that's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and how often do you go to him in prayer? And you're like, you know, your will be done. Like Moses had, like, he's like, what about this? And God was like, yes. Mm -hmm. I love that story so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like we could have a whole nother podcast just talking about that story in Exodus where Moses is like, I'm not going then. Mm-hmm. God, if you're not coming, I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. going. And like and that that's <laughs> when God decided like, okay, I guess I'll come. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like you're going to listen to well, him. Right? Like, like Moses it like reminds me of like a little toddler. For like, sure. And God was like, okay, like he is a father. Yes. In that moment. Yes. Mm. Do we get too familiar with the idea of God being our father? Like, do we take him for granted a little bit to the point where we don't feel like we have to show extravagant love anymore? I I don't think I've gotten to the point where I can view him as a father. Like, I I feel like it depends on on your earthly father experience, to be totally honest. mm -hmm. You know, like, how do you hold your father on earth? Well, I don't know. So how can you hold your father in heaven? Mm -hmm. And if so, if you need to get it right. You need yeah. to figure it out. Go go to God and talk to him about how to make that relationship with him where you are his daughter. And that's what I was talking about at the beginning yeah. of the podcast. That that's, that was my whole fast for this year because uh, not that I had a bad relationship with my father. It's just he's not here anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> and so during my the most times in my life when I needed him, there right. was no one. And so sometimes I revert back to that and think like, mm-hmm. well— I guess maybe God won't be there either. And so I've had to correct that. And um, 
Yeah. So I think it could go both ways. Yeah, definitely. I think we could we could hold him at a, a level of we're too comfortable, but we could also hold him at a level of like we have have no access to him because we don't know what that intimate relationship looks like. Mm. Yes, I like that you bring up intimate relationships. So that is really what it means to come into relationship uh, with Jesus. You're going to have to give something up. Uh, we, we say like you're going to have some skin in the game, right? And um, whenever you decide to start following Jesus, those are usually the things you feel first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, you want all this skin to be in the game and I got to give up all my X, Y, and Z that I was doing. Uh, and that can be kind of, I think for a lot of people, like a put off, like, hmm, I don't know, Mm -hmm. because they haven't seen what's on the other side yet, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And now thinking, so the question is, what has following God cost you? Uh, And now when I think about it, to me, the things that it cost me to follow God, I don't really like care about. So it kind of sounds like (laughs) dumb to even bring up because I'm like, those things, uh, they don't matter to me anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it was such a big thing for me then but now to give that up is to know what I have, a relationship with the living, breathing God, the creator, the one who calls me daughter, mm-hmm. blessed, good. <laughs> uh, none of those things will ever measure up or matter. Um, but maybe for you know some of you, you're newer in that journey where the cost is hurting. Mm-hmm. And it does hurt at the time because we are flesh. And we feel fleshly uh, sacrifice. And when we give that up, it is going to hurt our flesh. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what it, was your guys' experience as you uh, came into relationship with Jesus? What did, what did it cost you? For me, I kind of put it into um, perspective as like, like it's like a diet. Like you're, it's the new year, you're dieting, you're working out, you're two weeks in, you ate all the salads and <laughs> everything in the mirror looks exactly the same. <laughs> like, it's like- I, I hate that point. <laughs> and you're like, well, nothing's changed. But um, like you've given up all the things that you thought were good and you haven't seen the return yet. Mm. Like there's that that hard part that you have to get past um, I know for myself, I had to give up friends because I I wasn't able to not be a person I didn't want to be around them. Mm-hmm. So I had to remake all my friendships. Ugh. And that's really hard. When you're going through a big life change, what do you want more than someone to talk to about it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, super difficult. Yeah, I for me... I feel like I had to give up the ideas that I had about what my life was or who I was in my life. Um, I had to to give up friends as well. I had to give up some family. I had to give up um, the things that were fun, mm-hmm. that I thought was fun mm-hmm. and I thought was giving me joy when I was 18. And it took me a while to realize that those things were (laughs) life-sucking, not life-giving. Like there was no actual fun in there. There was actually no joy in those things. Mm -hmm. Um, But transformation is hard. Change is hard. It's painful. The stretching hurts. And I feel like if you don't have, uh, when you're first coming into this, if you don't have a mentor or you don't have somebody to look to that's gone through those things, um, you can feel so isolated and alone when you're changing 
the, the thoughts that you had or That's the good. ideas that you had. Yeah. So um, I would say if, if you're in that phase of your life right now, seek out wisdom mm-hmm. from, That's good. from ladies around you. I always felt like, like too intimidated to go and find a mentor. Which is so crazy because now as we're at this journey in our life, when people come up to us and are like, hey, um, I've got some questions. I need help with da 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 da. Like, you're like, you're me? Like, me? What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, it's just so crazy. Like if, if that's what's holding you back, let go of that. Yeah. Aubin came to me the other day. She's like, can I ask you questions as a pastor? I was like, should I go get Pastor Shelby? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I want you. <laughs> uh, yeah, mine is pretty similar. I mean, I really started chasing Jesus in college. And so the obvious partying, mm. you know, friends for sure. Um, I think over the span of my Jesus walk, the hardest thing for me to give up um, is my reputation. Mm. And like, I just like throughout my life, I've really struggled with fear of man. What other people think mm-hmm. of me? Am I meeting their expectations? Am I meeting my expectations? Do I look how I want to look to other people? And, um, a couple of years ago, God called me to do something extremely hard. And, um, I was like, like battling with him. I'm like, God, I don't want to do this. And he literally spoke to me. He said, do you care more about me or do you care more about your reputation? Mm -hmm. And from that point on two or three years ago, um, literally that just rings in my mind, you know, Mm -hmm. do I care? What do I care more about? Um, so that's probably been the toughest for me. Wow. And what's on the other side of that? That's the real question. Like once you're ready. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. It's like the counterfeit joy. Yeah. But it, but it's all you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you think yeah. it feels good. Ugh. But on the other side is the Jesus joy. Mm-hmm. Can we just side talk that for a second? Isn't that the hardest thing as a Jesus person when you see someone that you know mm. and love and you're like, if you only knew. <laughs> if you only knew yeah. the joy that you were actually missing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Ugh. And it's harder when they like see themselves as being very happy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, you can kind of tell though, like maybe they're not, but they'll always say like, I'm doing so great. My job is so good. My relationships are so great. My Having the awesome. time of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Their social media does look right. fun. Right. <laughs> Traveling. Yeah. Like life is so good. Mm-hmm. And yet you wonder like, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I heard this or if someone told me, but they're like, you know, the people who try a little bit extra hard to make it seem like they're really having a good mm-hmm. time. Like they're the ones who just seem like they're having the most fun at the party, right? Usually aren't. I told you that. You did? Yeah. <laughs> a very wise person once said. Because <laughs> someone told me out. that. A literal spit <laughs> take in here. Oh, that's that's funny. funny. Well, I feel like in those situations, you're almost trying to convince yourself you're having oh, the totally. most fun. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen someone post like something and say, literally, I'm so happy or life is so good. It's yeah. like, okay, it's not. <laughs> Let's talk about it. You're like, oh, she needs therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Journey to wholeness for you. therapy. <laughs> <laughs> So the question is now, do we love Jesus fully or only when it's convenient? Because again, as you're going to run into some of that stuff, it's going to stop you in your tracks and be like, Mm -hmm. reputation, Jesus, reputation, Jesus. Well, now it's not convenient anymore. 
So do we still have that extravagant love even when it is costing us something? Like the disciple and the chosen. It was, he felt like it was costing him something. It, it really wasn't. It was just, we live in a, a broken world. So there's going to be things that happen to us that is uh, going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus didn't say, follow me and your life's going to be perfect and great. And you're going to get every single thing that you want. That's not the reality, but you have that, that per, the literal person, the Holy Spirit, uh, to turn to and and share this mm-hmm. with, right? You're like, you're not alone anymore. Uh, and so how do you still have that extravagant love even when those things are happening? And I think Jesus gave the ultimate extravagant sacrifice mm-hmm. when it was the most uh, inconvenient, right? Inconvenient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds wrong. That's not right. Uh, but he gave the ultimate sacrifice, dying on the cross for us, sinners, broken, mm-hmm. and giving himself. So he literally showed us what extravagant love looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reminded, I don't I think it was this week, just in my head, and God being like, remember, you love because I first loved you. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, you would have no you would not understand love if it weren't for me. Yeah. And that is kind of mind-blowing to me too. Yeah. Well, and to also like realize how little we really do understand love, like how great is God's love that would make ours look so minuscule. Right. But I'm like, God, I love my my siblings mm-hmm. and my friends and like— I have so much love because, you know, you can be worried about people like, God, they don't know you. And I'm so worried because I love them so much. And if love could, the quote, if love could have saved them, right? Mm -hmm. Like for the person who's sick or whatever, like if love could have saved them. But our love is just, it's only because he showed us what love is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do we bless God back with that love, but not let it turn into the the striving and the trying like we talked about last episode where Martha uh, was kind of going about it the wrong way. So how do we balance works with worship? Uh, that's the question. So now we've kind of talked about about both. Uh, Jesus balanced the law and love, worship and service. These are the two ends of our teeter-totter, as the book says, though love for God comes first, the two really can't be separated. Um, So I wanted to ask you ladies, what are some of the ways you love others? Maybe do you mentor them? Stuff like you said, do you encourage them? Do you serve them? Uh, There's a lot of different ways that we can love others, but I think it's almost helpful to hear how other people love other people because you're like, maybe oh, I didn't, I didn't realize again, making a charcuterie board for Jesus could be considered love. Like, I guess I didn't think about it right now. She was getting stressed out about too many things, but again, the, the act, the service act wasn't wrong. So what are some ways you guys love each other? I think, um, being honest, even when it's painful is mm. probably, um, top of my list. And if I really love you, if we're really close, I'm able to be honest with you and call you out on things. And I hope and expect that you call me out on things as well. But um, also sacrifice. Mm-hmm. The whole time that you were just speaking, Megan, though, the only thing I could think of was Abraham and his love for God when he was willing to bring mm-hmm. Isaac and sacrifice him. And so is my love 
like that to my friends? Is my love like that for God? Am I willing to sacrifice other things that I think I, Mm -hmm. that I do love, but what do I love more? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's ringing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I think we're all deep in thought. That's (laughs) a really great example. I mean, Abraham taking his son up to be sacrificed because God told him to. He's being obedient. Mm -hmm. But that was the level of love that Mm -hmm. Abraham had for God. Right. Just well, being able to say, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I'm going to do it anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And having the faith to be like, God will provide <laughs> when we and get there. Strapping yeah. your son to <laughs> what a knife over like. his head. Right. It's okay, Isaac. Isaac <laughs> needs journey to wholeness. Probably <laughs> 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 true. Because <laughs> I feel like when I read the story, I imagine him as like, he's just like this innocent little boy, but like I think he was- Frolicking on the rocks. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, dad. Like, dad. But where's the ram? <laughs> he's like, he's coming. He was probably saying it like, dad- Where's the ram? Yeah. Dad? Daddy? Yeah. Oh, man. How old do you think he was? Does anybody know? In my mind, he's like 14. I don't know if that's true, but like, I don't picture like a little boy. Like, I picture like straight up a teenager. Like, dad, what are you doing? It's easier for me to picture just like a a child who doesn't know what they're being brought to, Mm -hmm. which probably isn't true. But I think Isaac knew, actually. I think I've read I do something. think that's true. Yeah, yeah. I think I've read something in the past that Isaac actually knew what was going on the whole time. Wow. So, I mean, that's look at that teachable. Person, that'll preach. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Yeah. I but think- he, he had enough faith and uh, Abraham has enough faith too to be like, God's going to provide. Mm-hmm. You know, and when is the last time you were in the middle of a storm and things are blowing mm-hmm. on around you, but you're like, God's going to provide. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, trust, have faith in God enough. That he will provide. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to derail that a little no, bit. No, not and no. Going back Good. to the question, I think I love people in the way that I like to be loved. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, Ooh, do you know your love language? What is it? Yeah, words of affirmation. There you go. Yeah, so I I love encouraging people. Mm. Um, you are a good encourager. Thank you. That's really true, actually. Oh Last week gosh. you encouraged me Did a I? lot. Yeah. Oh, thank like, you. I would be really honest with you. Actually, my friends don't like shopping because it's I tell true. them everything sucks. It's true, yeah. <laughs> I'm a very blunt person. Megan knows that about me. <laughs> That's I don't why we're back. friends. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so I, I encourage people, like, if God puts someone on my mm. heart, I'll text them, I'll reach out to them, I'll call them. Um, and I like love to be encouraged. That's like definitely my love language. So I try to do that for other people. Yeah. That's similar to what I was going to say. Like, I think I, what was the question? Like, how do you serve others or how do you love others? Mm -hmm. And I think I do it by like asking God to allow me to be his, like his hands and feet. Like, you know, who, what do you want me to say to who? And then going and saying it, which I think is sometimes like what Abin was saying. Like when you get the nudges on your heart, we're like, you should text this person. Mm -hmm is like allowing him to work through you. Yeah, and it is just this uh, split second, this moment of, Mm -hmm. it's just a little thing that pops into your heart, into your head. And it feels like, I was just thinking about this today, it feels like uh, you're not entirely sure if it was Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. or you at the moment, Mm -hmm. but you know you have one second to decide. Mm -hmm. And um, you, you feel this like, peace in that direction, right? Yes. Like it feels like, okay, I should, I should. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't even really know like why, but you're just like, and you also have the full feeling of you are in control. Mm-hmm. You know that you could say no 
-hmm. and that again, it's going to be okay. Like you're not, not going to heaven if you say no. Mm -hmm. Um, but like you really should. There's a lot on the other side of that too. Exactly. And if you say no, you're going to have to deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm. Mm, Which may be repenting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Whose blessing are you blocking by saying no? That's good. Yeah. That happened to me last week. God put a girl that I haven't talked to in a long time on my heart. I texted her and she said, you literally texted me Mm. during like one of the hardest weeks of my life. Like, mm. thank you for reaching out. And I was like, wow, I'm so glad I did. Well, and it's like, like it's also a blessing to you. Such a big blessing, yeah. And what you guys are describing, this is extravagant love for Jesus. Yeah, Loving others is also loving Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the two things he told us to do. Love me, love others. You love him by your devotion, your worship, your whatever. And you also love and honor him by taking care of other people, by reaching out to them. So yeah, God will put people on your heart and and move in that. Don't just say, mm, I don't know, maybe it's not really convenient. It's awkward. Well, yeah. I'll do it later. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know my to-do list I definitely as I get older I'm I care a lot less about awkward stuff <laughs> isn't that so liberating yes. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are having the same oh, experience yeah. no <laughs> I, was like, I don't no. yeah no I, I avoid awkward things I don't like it Plus, it just does it becomes not awkward yeah. like things yeah. that used to be like I can't do that I'm mm-hmm. just like right. the lady yeah. walking up to randos in church can I pray for you <laughs> yeah. and they're like no, actually, no. <laughs> yeah, okay. I had I had that moment with a lady in church. Actually, she was uh, like crying during a worship mm-hmm. song and sat down and was like hunched over. And I just felt like so compelled to like touch her back and 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 pray, obviously. But I I was like, I don't know if I should do it. Okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> Shrug you off? No, okay. there was like, but there was like no response. You know, uh-huh. she was just like probably. Didn't even realize there it. There was but an internal like, response. Or she was like, Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's extravagant love that yeah. you loved a complete stranger enough to like reach out. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is extravagant love. I always say, I'm like, I'm really not the best prayer partner because uh, when people come back to me, I just start bawling. And like I, immediately I, I feel... I'm just like with them. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this. But sucks. that's what the Bible calls us to. Yes. And then, give me your burden. Yes, yeah. I think it was you, weep Jessica, with who's those like, that's who why, weep. Yes, that that like that literally makes you a good prayer partner because you're in the middle of their misery with yeah. them. Yeah, I don't want to like, like it's hard to go and tell somebody everything you're going through, and they're mm-hmm. just like, okay, dear Jesus, you know, like right. you want somebody who's gonna feel it. Yeah. Those are the prayers I want. Right. So if you want someone to sob with you, you can ask me to pray with you. And you'll someday. I'm always like, why don't I have waterproof mascara? I need to learn. I need to learn. So so do we get too tied up sometimes with the works versus the worship? Uh, do we start doing these things because we know that it feels good? And maybe even, you know, yes, God is calling us to do some of it, but we like get real going. We're like volunteering. We are serving. We are donating. We are whatever. We're out in our community. And uh, it does start to become that that Martha spirit um, of I'm just working all mm-hmm. the time. So the question is, is there balance? Aben. Yeah, this is actually something that I really struggle with um, is, you know, I don't, what I believe it boils down to is your intention. 
you know, and what I've been asking God over and over, like I've been praying this every day, like just make my intentions pure, Mm -hmm. you know, just make my heart right. Like make me do this for you and not for me or for how I look. Um, but it really is a constant battle. Cause there's definitely times where I'm like, Oh, I'll do this for this person. And it's actually going to benefit me. Like I'm going to feel good because I'm giving to them. Um, but then there's other times where God literally, Jessica's dying. <laughs> I tried to take a silly drink of water. <laughs> Jessica's dying in the corner. <laughs> if you heard coughing in the background, Jessica's dying. It doesn't help my she water. It's fine. is losing a lung. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I mean, it, it boils down to the intention behind it for me personally. I love that. Yeah. I, I wrote, wow. I wrote, down, yeah. How do you come? Yeah. Um, yes. I wrote down something that was, um, I think it was in the book. I don't know. I have a journal and I just kind of write down all things that I find everywhere. So I don't know. Um, but it says Martha thought that she had value because she was productive and Jesus wanted her to learn that she had value because she was his. So how often do we get caught up in the, the production? <laughs> the de- <laughs> Something to say, the devil's choking me. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> we get just caught up in in the the deeds, the production, um, in what we're doing, and um, and forget that that we're um, valuable in the kingdom because we're His. Mm-hmm. So good. I don't know what you said. <laughs> Basically, <Great>. that. that... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can breathe now, though. <laughs> By the end of the show, the wheels are coming off. <laughs> you know, that's okay. I feel like those are honestly the best conversations. I was uh, talking about this podcast a little bit earlier with someone, and I was like, you know, we get to those serious points, but also good friends, you can build each other back up again. Mm -hmm. Or when you have really good faith with Jesus, you know, yeah, we're going to run into all these difficult, hard things, but like there's joy. Mm -hmm. No matter what we're going through, there's always joy. And that kind of brings us to like the, honestly, the good part of the show, which is uh, that no, we can't do it all. (laughs) You're not going to be able to perfectly balance work and worship. And uh, yes, you're going to get stressed out. And yes, there's going to be seasons of your life where uh, like the book talks about, maybe you've got the toddlers and you feel like it's all work and no worship, uh, or you have all this time uh, for worship, but you're not sure like, "Ah, am I doing Mm -hmm. enough outside? Like I'm spending a lot of time on me and like, my relationship with God, but now I feel this like nudging, right? Like I keep thinking of people or I feel like I need to go uh, do something and be a part of something. Well, then you're getting the nudge for that that Mm -hmm. balance. And there may be seasons where you're doing one a little bit more than the other, but I think what it takes, and Aubin, you hit this totally on the head, it takes intentionality. Yeah. Like it takes you just deciding, choosing, and being sure that uh, you're not missing something, right? And you'll do that by having a close relationship yeah. with Jesus. I recently read this in Proverbs where I dove in because I wanted to see what the Bible said about having like a servant's heart. And I don't remember which proverb it was, but um, it's refresh others and be refreshed. Like, are you still being refreshed from refreshing others? Oh. Or have you gone beyond that? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, Very wise. I, I'm ready to end the show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you said. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll rewind and listen to it later. Are we good? Yeah. yeah. good. Thanks, ladies, for joining Thanks us for today. This was really fun. I love when we can have girl talk and 
like I said, just get real. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the truth is we think that like we're facing some of this stuff on our own. And that is so not true. Uh, I'm facing it. Pastor Jessica's facing it. Stephanie's facing it. Aubin's facing it. We know that you're facing it too. And so if you need like prayer or encouragement or have a question for us, would you please, please, please email us, send us a DM, whatever. We want to be there to walk this life with you. So ladies, have an awesome week. We'll see you next time. Megan can cry over your email. (laughs) 